Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 257, Fitness Simplicity, by Ryan Zilonka with jcdfitness.com, and I'm your narrator, Dr. Neil. Welcome to another edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I read some of the best blogs covering health and fitness, just like an audiobook. Now, today's post is from a guest author on J.C. Dean's site. Ryan is an author, fitness expert, and specialist in the social sciences, and talking about simplicity in fitness. So my quote for you today highlights this perfectly. It comes from the great Albert Einstein. Quote, everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler, end quote. With that, let's hear his post as we optimize your life. Fitness Simplicity by Ryan Zilanka with jcdfitness.com. Expecting greatness out of the ascetic servitude the world has deemed necessary for six-pack abs or firm thighs seems, on the surface, perfectly logical. Fitness gurus told us we need three days of high-intensity interval training and four days of metabolic weight training a week to get there, while on a low-carb diet, no less. But is all this really necessary? We are raised in a culture where more is better. More hours at the office, more time at the gym, More gadgets and gizmos means more money, more muscles, and more happiness, or so we are told. The unfortunate reality is that this ambition has its limits, limits that are probably far lower than most people believe. People come to me, or more appropriately, come at me with questions about getting their skinny on, asking what kinds of exercise they should be doing, what kinds of foods they should be eating, and can they really have bread after six at night? Yet, in my efforts to please, whoever happens to be on the receiving end of my insight often responds with incredulity when I tell them they need to exercise less and eat more of the stuff they like. Total nonsense, they think, and perhaps so do you. America is obsessed with efficiency, more work done in less time, but we rarely consider the purpose of that work. When a trainer says to do seven hours of exercise per week, it's taken as gospel, but what does that actually mean? What if we could hack off four of those hours and go back to playing PlayStation? Other fitness experts might scoff at this, but seriously, 
As a culture, we don't need more exercise. We need more perspective. We need to end this narcissistic crusade. Stop being so self-indulgent. Stop pretending that by enduring more, we're getting somewhere. Most fitness experts and gurus operate on the premise that what is explicit must trump what is implicit or intuitive. The industry thrives from its preoccupation of making radical changes to your diet, training program, and lifestyle. We are so willing to consider history and culture when discussing politics, but throw it out the window when we start talking about fitness. The point of all this is to help folks get back to brass tacks when it comes to their lives. The fitness thing is an adjunct to your life, not the other way around. And if it is, you need to seriously reevaluate what you're doing here on earth. Let's take a measured approach to all of this. Here are five things you can do today to reestablish contact with your health of mind and your health of body. One, dial your taste buds and tell them to wake up. Someone decides to go on a diet and what's the first thing they do? They toss the food they love out of their diet because someone told them they were bad or unclean. This, of course, makes absolutely no sense. When your feel-good neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin get depressed by low calories, why in the world would you want to make an already bad situation worse? Certainly, there will be caloric limitations to how much you can eat, but it's entirely doable, even in end-stage fat loss, to fit in pizza every now and then. And for those of you not on a diet, ditch the chicken breast and brown rice and broccoli for a while. Seek out new foods that make you sit up and take notice. Indulge in ethnic foods and cuisine that you really love and start incorporating all of that, in same amounts, of course, into your diet. Two, stop counting calories. Blasphemy, heathen. If you don't count calories, how will you know how much you've eaten? I'm not claiming that calories don't count. Of course they do. And tracking intake is a great way to acclimate yourself to what a sane and appropriate amount of food looks like for your body. But as a long-term lifestyle strategy, I just don't buy into obsessive calorie tracking. It tends to divorce us from the bodily signals that tell us when we're full, empty, or in desperate need of a refeed. Eat until sated, but stop before you're full, and definitely before you are stuffed. This will take some time to get used to, but it's important to get the experience of letting go of the spreadsheet reins. I have even aggressive fat loss clients take a two-week break away from counting calories, and with my maintenance clients, we work off a simple meal plan. Simplicity is key, And for someone who is already health conscious, there is no need to needlessly reinforce ingrained eating habits when not working toward an aggressive physique goal. Three, eat fewer times during the day and the times that you do eat, aim for some culinary artistry. Maybe the whole obesity thing isn't about what we eat. Maybe it's about how we eat. It's an interesting thesis and one that I'm coming to agree with more and more. My time spent abroad in Europe made me realize how obsessed we are with expediency, with speed, with productivity in America. Rarely do we give thought to the quality of what we're doing or to the nature of the experience. This applies as much to our work as it does to our eating habits. Even in Tokyo, notorious for its hectic culture, I never once saw a person eating on the go. Never. There is in fact a cultural stigma against it. Stop snacking, stop relying on powders and bars and cottage cheese, Go buy yourself a good cookbook and promise yourself to make two well-prepared meals a day. Your waistline will thank you. Four, try a new exercise activity and drop the excessive weight training. Resistance training need be done at most four times a week, five times if you can intelligently rotate workouts and monitor recovery. Adding more volume into a program won't make it better, yet it's often the first thing guys do when they notice their gains are stalling. 
Instead, consider taking up active recovery in the form of yoga or heck, just a walk with the girlfriend or boyfriend. Aim for balance in training. Piling on more high-intensity exercise is rarely the answer. Look for ways to get some lower-intensity activity during your week. Remember, growth happens outside the gym. Five, schedule time for rest, relaxation, and goal planning. We work the grind, compressing more into less, and in the end, it takes its toll. We can be really good about hitting every one of our workouts, but how about recreational time with the family and with friends? We have so many things vying for our time, and now, even our time away from work has been innervated by the pseudo-work found in things like Facebook. Stop it already. Humans were meant to explore, to bend with the forces of nature, to adapt. Get off Facebook and do something useful. Call someone, set up a dinner date, go rock climbing, whatever. Remember, there is no point in developing a flawless physique if, in the process, we lose the flexibility that makes us human. You just listened to the post titled Fitness Simplicity by Ryan Zilonka with jcdfitness.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When Ryan mentioned in his post that maybe the whole obesity thing isn't about what we eat, but about how we eat, really hit home with me. There's been a movement that was spurred by Dean Ornish called mindful eating. And it goes back to another tip that Ryan shared. When you eat, think about how that food tastes. Think about the smell, the texture, the colors, all of that. When you take your first bite, think about all of the flavors and the texture. That whole process is to continue during that entire meal. This slows the process down. This makes you grateful for what you're eating. And what we're finding is that by doing this, you tend to eat fewer calories. You tend to select more nutritious foods. The problem is, is we do the opposite in America. The great Walter Willett, a researcher at Harvard School of Public Health, says, we in the US eat like this. We run up to the trough, pig out, and then run away. And all of that occurs 
in about 10 minutes or less. That's not how we should eat our meals. We view food as the enemy. This is gonna make me fat. This is not gonna help me reach my goals. I should stay away from this, but I'm gonna eat it anyways. When we think about our attitude towards food, it's completely backwards. But if we become more mindful of what we're eating and are grateful for it and realize that this is gonna be nourishing to us, all of a sudden, our lifestyle changes. Our habits begin to change. And by slowing the eating process down, it allows our brains to realize that, you know what, we are satisfied. We've had enough food. When we eat too quickly, our brains don't receive the signal that we've had enough food. So when we savor the food, it slows the process down. And then if we can stop eating at the point where the hunger has gone away, not to the point where we start to feel full and uncomfortable, but to the point where the hunger has vanished, then we're gonna find that we're gonna be able to maintain our weight better. The pounds may start to slip off. And again, hopefully, we'll be selecting more nutritious foods. And in fact, in Japan, uh, Ryan talked about Tokyo. In Japan, a common practice is to eat until you're 80% full. And coincidentally, Japan has some of the highest concentrations of centenarians, those that live to the age of 100 or more. Maybe a coincidence, or maybe they're on to something. All right, that's enough for me. Thank you, as always, for listening today and every day. I'll be back tomorrow with a post from regular contributor Ben Greenfield. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.